0: You're in your 60s, you've got the finish line ahead of you, but don't trip yourself up before you get there. You only get one shot at retirement, and we're here today to make sure you give it your best shot.
1: This is Retirement Revealed, where Jeremy Kyle and his guests guide you towards making smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions.
0: We're talking about how to plan for retirement in your 60s, and joining us again is our fearless producer, Patrice Sikora. Patrice, thanks for helping us out today.
2: Oh, Jeremy, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be here. So 60s, huh? we moved on from the 50s to the
0: 60s now. Move from the 50s to the 60s. The 50s we talked about is really about what do you do with the most income you've ever had? Do you just set yourself a new high level of spending you're used to? Or do you uh, focus on the savings towards your retirement? And of course, it's nice to do a little bit of both, but especially in the 50s with that highest income you've ever had, worthwhile to save as much as you can. But now everyone hopefully moves on from their 50s into their 60s and they are closer to that retirement. They're Uh ready to go trying to figure this out. And a lot of people are scared and I can't blame them. Uh, Like I said, there's one shot.
2: There's so many things you get one chance to deal with. And nobody tells you what, what you should be doing. Nobody has given you any information on this. Even when you go online to look at it, it's, yeah. what does it mean? Mm-hmm.
0: Well, a lot of times, uh, we were talking with someone this morning, and the, uh, she was sharing with us that she has all these questions about retirement, about Social Security, and some taxation, and all these things like that. And she's asking her advisor that uh, basically got her there. Here's how you save. Here's the accounts to buy. Mm-hmm. And when she's saying, well... How do I do the opposite? How do I take money out? Uh, He was uh, not much help, unfortunately. And that's why we focus so much on that retirement transition. How do you get yourself uh, past the retirement uh, line, past the retirement finish line without making those big mistakes? Uh, Because a lot of them, it's you got this form to fill out. And if you check a box wrong or you fill it out at the wrong time and you take something the wrong way, uh, that can make or break you hundreds of thousands of dollars.
2: It's a big It's a big deal. So what are some of the big mistakes that you see people making?
0: Yeah, well, definitely, uh, I've got a number one uh, for you. And the number one mistake people make is they underestimate their longevity. And I want to talk about that first before we get to uh, really kind of five financial areas to mm-hmm. focus on because this one area of longevity, just it permeates everything right? Your decisions about pension and social security and how much to take out of your investments. We'll talk about all those uh, very soon. Have a lot to do with what your expectations are about your own personal longevity. And just about everyone has experience with a a mom or dad, aunt and uncle, grandparents, somebody that has lived through retirement, is no longer living, and they've got these ages in mind, right? Uh, Grandpa died at 82, you know, all the men in my family don't make it past 75, you know, my aunts and my grandma and my mom, they all made it to hundred, right? It's it's whatever kind of experience you have, uh, colors the thoughts you have about longevity. And I'll tell you two things that kind of go against it. And the two things that go against it, uh, I'm gonna say are a bit of a positive, right? Uh, if you're thinking of your grandma, you're thinking of your aunt, you're thinking of your mom, uh, You've got 20, 30, 40, 50 years of medical advances uh, that they didn't get to enjoy. You know, you've got this higher ability to make use of the medicines and the medical world that's out there that will most likely help you live longer. So that's one thing very much to keep in mind. Another thing to keep in mind is especially if you're in a couple, right? If there's two of you, at some point, there will be one of you. And you might look at it as a male and a female, perhaps, and you say, well, this is how long guys live to, and this is how long the ladies live too. Well, there's two of you. It is harder for two of you to die than one of you to die. <laughs> it's a strange way to put it, but you're right. It's a strange way to put it, but it's, it's true, uh, which is think of kind of the opposite way to look at, it, which means chances are one of you will live longer than you expect. If you think life expectancy is this average in the middle, well, some people happen to live less than the averages. Some people happen to live more than the averages. If there's two of you, on average, one of you will live above the averages. So if you're planning for retirement and you think the average male lives to 85, let's say, and the average female lives to 88, let's go with those two. Well, chances are one of you will live three or four years longer than that. Just because just the odds, just the probability, right? If you think of flipping a coin, you've got to hit heads twice for uh for that that retirement to be done. Well, you flip a coin a couple of times that doesn't always hit heads right away, right? So you you've got a chances are, you got some odds that one of you will live longer than your own personal life expectancy. It's not even odds. It's it's more than 50%. I right? did a it's likely to happen. It's something you need to plan for. So you got really two positives for why you need to plan for a longer life expectancy than you would expect. But then there's some downsides too, right? If you live longer than you expect, your money has to last longer. So we wanna talk about that longevity first because it is just the, the great multiplier. It affects every area uh, before you look at these, these five focus areas. We put together five financial focus areas for when you hit your 60s
2: longevity also brings in the question of health care face it that's that's a huge expense
0: right if you think you're dying at 70 well why would you bother for the long-term care right. uh, expenses that might hit you uh, in your area in your 80s and so it's it's definitely you need to have this uh, belief about longevity that matches up with reality and i'm not here to tell you you're wrong but i do want to tell you when you're listening that the averages of what you think is happening with your longevity, there's a lot of forces that are going against that. You will likely live longer than you expect. And the best way to go is to give yourself an accurate expectation of your longevity. And the best way to do that is go to longevityillustrator.org. It takes you two minutes to get some ideas of what your true life expectancy is, what your life expectancy as a couple is, and then the the probability, the odds. People say, what are the odds? I'll make it to whatever <laughs> age. It'll tell you the odds you'll make it to that age. Uh, you don't have to uh, throw your hands in the air uh, and, and wonder. You can find out in about two minutes. So that's the, my first encouragement. As you approach retirement, figure out your longevity odds, figure out your true life expectancy number.
2: All right. That is the biggest concern, the biggest mistake. What about some of the others?
0: Yeah. And I'm going to try to be as positive as can, right? We're talking about mistakes. You only get one shot at this retirement. Uh, One of the big positives is that you have never had more control over your income and your taxes in your lifetime. But you You sure don't feel like it though. You're right. I think you're right. A lot of people don't uh, have that control and they talk to me in April of every year and they say, well, what can I do about it? Well, here you go. There's a lot of things you can do about it. Kind of each of these five areas we'll talk about uh, shortly are, you can have things to do about it. Uh, But let's just go over the tax piece of it. You can decide basically if you want to pay income taxes this year or not. It's not like you can skip your income tax payments, but you might have money in a savings account. You might have money in a traditional IRA. If you take out money from the uh, savings account this year, there's no taxes on that. It's your savings account. You've already paid taxes on it. If you take money from your traditional IRA this Mm. year, yeah, that's income taxable. That'll show up on your account you can't go in August and ask your boss hey the next four months can you just pay me <laughs> next year right uh, I'll do the work for you but just pay me in the future I'll have a better tax deal next year you can't do that right you get your w2 you get your paycheck every two weeks you hit retirement and you have choices on where you take your money from when you take the money out right you can take money out December 30th or January 3rd right there's five days mm-hmm. difference and you're, you' you got two different tax years. You've got so much control over your taxes and you have control over when do you take your pension? How do you take your pension? When do you start social security? Most people I know have yet to go into their boss's office and say, hey, can I get a 30% pay cut? But you have that choice. You can walk into social security and say, can I get a 30% pay cut? Give me that money at 62 instead of 67. That's a 30% pay cut. And it's not like you can go to your boss and say, hey, uh, would you give me $1,000 today or $1,080 uh, in the future? Right? You don't get that, that choice with your income, but you get that choice with Social Security. You can choose, am I going to wait until this thing starts paying out to me? And am I going to take that income at a higher amount down the road? You have so much more control over your pension, over your Social Security, over your taxes because you have retirement. That's the big positive. And- wielding that control, getting the most out of what you got uh, available to you is, is a great thing that you
2: can do in your 60s. Why do so many people think they need to take it right away?
0: They, I think they want to take social security right away uh, because they have that mistaken thought. And I, I hate saying this because I'm, not here, to, I'm mm-hmm. not here to tell you you're wrong, right? Uh, but there's uh, reality and there's numbers and there's probabilities that are, that are there. With longevity that you probably haven't looked up Uh, and a lot of people just have assumptions that aren't entirely based on the math uh, and the numbers and we just want you to learn the math that's what you're learning today well we'd like you to actually do the math when it comes to retirement and chances are if you follow the math of retirement you'll come out ahead and of course when it comes to social security that longevity is a a big deal Uh, another reason why people take social security right away. And this is going to go right into financial area one and two. Uh, Let's just talk about those together. The first financial area to focus on, you have this control, is when do you retire? The second one is when do you take social security and your pension? And a lot of people take social security or they take pension because they think those two are together. We're going to talk about them together right now uh, to try to kind of pull those apart uh, in your mind. Because right. you should retire, the first thing that think of, uh, you should retire when you want to and when you can afford to, but you should take social security and pension when it gives you the most money over your lifetime. And those are probably two different things, right? Uh, think about if you're working at a company that doesn't have a pension, but you worked at a company five years ago that did. Well, that's your old company. You could take your pension today even if you're working, right? You could retire from your current company and not start the old pension, right? You don't have to, it has nothing to do with your employment right now. So you, you, you probably have the concept and the thought that, well, for that pension, it's a different thing. What well, your current pension, your current social security, when you retire, when you take your social security pension are two different decisions. And oftentimes taking that social security, taking that pension at the right time can give you tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands more over your lifetime, that amount might be enough to let you retire early. You might be able to afford to retire early uh, because you looked at your social security and pension decisions and decided to take it at a different time. You decided to optimize and take it at the right time for your social security and pension instead of just reflexively taking it the day that you retire. So that's the first step is take a look and decide when can you retire And it's based on a bit of when you want to. It's also a bit of when you can afford to. Now that you hit 60, that's one thing to be looking at, projecting. How much income can I get uh, if I retire at these certain ages? And then the second step is when do you take that Social Security, when you take that pension, and what you're trying to maximize is what gives you the most amount of money over your lifetime. And if there's two of you, it's the two lifetimes. It's not just you individually. It's how do you get the most money to the two of you over your lifetime combined. That's the first two things to look at. It's Jeremy Kyle here, and I know you're listening to the Retirement Reveal Podcast because you want to learn more about making great retirement decisions. I've created a free video course for you to do just that. Head over to 5stepretirementplan.com and sign up to receive this video training right in your email inbox. We broke down our five-step retirement plan into bite-sized videos so you can get started on the retirement, investment, and tax planning you need to create a consistent retirement income. Go to 5stepretirementplan.com, use the number or spell it out. You'll get there either way. 5stepretirementplan.com. Thanks for listening. And now for the rest of the
2: show. What about looking at your accounts and saying, oh goodness, look at all these accounts, this money, which do I pull from first?
0: Yeah, that's a, a question. I, uh, this uh, one of the areas that uh, this lady from this morning I uh, was talking to her advisor wasn't giving her uh, advice on that. Unfortunately, is that's a big question. Which accounts do you take money from? That's a big important thing. Uh, I'm gonna get to that. Actually, number five. That'll be the fifth okay. thing because how much you take out of your accounts is highly important. And you've probably heard of like the four percent rule. You know, if you got a million dollars, you can take out 40,000 a year. Uh, What I find often works better uh, is to coordinate how much do I take out with when do I take it out with when do I take the Social Security and pension. One reason why people Mm -hmm. probably take their Social Security and pension right away, other than, oh, I retired, I have to, or I need to, or I can't afford to any other way, they look at their million dollars they saved and they look at it and say, well, I can only take out 40,000. So, because I can only take out 4% of that million, I can only take out 40,000 and I need more money. Well, I have to take my Social Security and I have to take a pension. When you run the numbers, and we run the numbers all the time, what often happens is you're actually better off uh, waiting on Social Security. And because you've waited on Social Security, uh, you can afford to take out more from your investments. You're allowed to take out more and you can afford to take out more early because you know it's either going to stop, you're not going to take the money out for the rest of your life, or it's going to drop, right? Maybe with this million dollar person, we're using a million dollar example here, maybe that person uh, can or should or can afford to take out uh, 60,000, 70,000, 80,000 a year, which sounds like too much. That's not 4%. That's six, yeah. seven, 8%. Well, they only do that for two years or three years or five years, or whatever the number happens to be that makes the most sense in their situation. And then they turn on social security or they turn on their pension or, or both. And they're getting 30, 40, 50,000 out of their social security and pension. Well, now that's a million dollar account that they are taking out too much, right? They're taking out 80,000 or so. Well, now they only need to take out you know, 30,000, right? It's, it's almost like mm-hmm. the, the 4% rule what's better is like 8%, 3%, right? Take out a little bit more in the beginning to just bridge until you take your social security and then turn on your social security. Well, you won't need as much from your investments. The biggest problem, the biggest worry about how, uh, what happens if I run out of money in retirement? The problem is that you have no idea how long that retirement will be, right? We told you to go find some probabilities, but you'd you don't have a date in mind. No one has walked in my office door with their own death certificate. You have no idea, right? You don't know exactly the, the end of time uh, for you. If you did, it would be easy. Well, here you go. There's a math spreadsheet. Here's the number, right? But if you are taking out extra money from your 401k, from your IRA for just two years or three years or four years, right? That's a definite amount of time and you can solve that problem really easy, the problem of how long do I live and how much do I take out of it, right? Imagine if you only had to take out two or 3% from your funds, mm-hmm. uh, You'd have less stress on your investments, which means you probably have less stress in your life. And when you take out a higher amount in the beginning so that you can wait on social security and when that social security turns on, you can afford to take out less, right? You get the same income. You probably actually get more income uh, over time, because you've done it uh, this way, uh, you can afford to do that. So a lot of times when people are saying, uh, how much can I take out? They're just reading a, a rule or something and saying, oh, 4% all I can uh, take out. And, and they almost work backwards, right? I can, I can take out 4%. So because of that, I can only live off of 40 grand a year on my million bucks. So I have to take social security and pension. They're doing it in the wrong order, right? The correct order, the way that gives you the best outcome is first decide when can you afford to retire and go ahead and do it then. Then when do you take your social security and pension to give you the most money over your lifetime? If you've got the social security and pension account that gives you more money over your lifetime than doing it a different way, guess what, over your lifetime, you don't have to take out as much from your 401ks and your IRAs. You don't have as much pressure, as much stress on your investments. You don't have to worry as much over your whole lifetime because you've reduced the pressure uh, on it. So that's the that's the third step, is figure out how much you can take out, but you do that after you figured out when do you take your Social Security and pension.
2: I like that because it's not just black and white, it's a recipe. You have to mix a little bit here, mix a little bit there, and then you taste it. And if it's good, you can go for a while, and then you can change it again. As you get a little bit, your taste buds change.
0: Yeah, well, speaking of things that, that change, uh, your tax situation, you have so much more control over that in retirement. So that's a that's a change going into retirement, but the tax laws change. And with tax laws changing, a lot of times people, again, throw their hands in the air and say, well, what can I do? Well, there's <laughs> sure. a lot you can do. As much as the tax laws change, there's a lot of predictable changes coming up for you. Your taxes will be different before you retire and after you retire, before you turn on social security, after you turn on social security. Uh, before you hit required minimum distribution age, after required minimum distribution age. If there's two of you, your taxes will be different when it's married filing joint than when you're filing as a single individual because now you're in your 80s and one of you has passed away. There's all these points in time. You can really almost create like a, a timeline of here's when my taxes are likely to change. Well, when that's the case and it's somewhat predictable, you can go ahead and predict... What your tax rates are going to to look like if you see a year with a really high tax situation and you see a year with a really low tax situation you want to pay the taxes in the low tax year situation so that it can save you the taxes on the high tax Mm -hmm. year situation so this isn't uh go write an extra check to the irs right it's pay your taxes on purpose take control of of the situations and there's two of the biggest controls i'll talk about is your ability to take money from a traditional IRA and move it over to a Roth IRA. That Roth IRA, once it's in there, now it's growing tax deferred. You can take it out tax-free. Chances are you met all the rules, but just double check before you you do that. But the Roth IRA now you can take it out tax-free and that dollar amount that you converted over, not only is that amount never taxable again, but all the interest is never taxable again. So you can really take control and say this year, I'm gonna pay taxes on $32,100 and two cents, right? You can get down to the penny of how much money you wanna pay taxes on, have it show up on your tax year. So that ability to do a Roth conversion is a huge deal. A lot of people don't think they have the control or the ability to do a Roth conversion because it's very similar to the term Roth contribution right? They sound almost exactly the same. And yes, your ability to do a Roth contribution ends when your earnings are done, when you're not getting an income anymore, you don't get that W-2 wage statement, right? You can't do the Roth contribution, but you can always do a Roth conversion. If you have IRA money, traditional IRA money, you can convert it over to the Roth and you ought to do that if it's going to save you taxes today compared to the likely tax situation down the road, so you've got that ability to pay the taxes. The second way to do that and pay the taxes on purpose, and here I am saying pay the taxes. Sometimes you might not even have to pay the taxes. Uh, right now, for a lot of people, if you're a married uh, couple, uh, if your income's below roughly one hundred twenty thousand here in twenty twenty three, you can have capital gains, long term capital gains that show up at a tax rate of zero percent. Right, hmm. so it's Taxable because it goes on your tax return, uh, but if you're in the income area where it works out, you might be selling your long-term capital gains and not paying any taxes. We had a client come in. he was brand new to us, and it was early 21, 2021. He was looking to uh, retire. we looked at his different accounts, so he said, "Wait a second, you need you know 60,000 out, and you can sell 60,000 worth of gains." In this one account, it was not an IRA. It was all long-term capital gains. You want to look at the tax return first, like we did. You want to look at this thing called cost basis and look at the statements and figure this out first. And so for the first two years, for 2021, 2022, uh, he was able to sell those investments. He was able to put them on his tax return. I've seen both tax returns now. They showed up as a 0% capital gains. And obviously, this doesn't apply to everybody. Uh, obviously, you got to go through and run the projections and make sure you hit the numbers. But roughly speaking, when it comes to capital gains, if you're married, filing joints, and you've got below 120000 of income that shows up on your tax return, whatever part of that is long-term capital gains, that tax rate is zero. And of course, if you're single, just cut that in half. That number is uh, roughly 60000 then, where mm-hmm. your income below 60000 the part of it that is long-term capital gains that shows up at 0% for you. So you've got all this ability to pay the taxes when you want to. And when you plan things out, you often come out ahead because you've found the times to pay the taxes at the right times for you.
2: All right. All right. That number five point now. Number five. You want to get to this
0: one, (laughs) which is which accounts to take money from. And that's so important, right? When uh, you read and say, I can take out 4% a year. Okay, 4% a year from which account? You probably have a savings account, a brokerage account, a Roth IRA account, a traditional IRA account. Those are four different accounts, four different tax situations. And roughly speaking, roughly speaking, there's something called conventional wisdom. And conventional wisdom gets you in the right direction. We think there's some ways you can come out ahead a little bit by planning things out even more. But let's just start with there, with the conventional wisdom. Conventional wisdom says your taxable account, that's your brokerage account. Every time you earn dividends, every time you have interest, a capital gain on it, it's showing up in your tax return. Right. You may as well kind of try to bring that account down. Use that money first, your non-IRA money. And then it says, well, now you're left with traditional IRAs with Roth IRAs. Well, the Roth IRAs grow tax-free. So you may as well let those grow as long as possible. Then you want to pull in your traditional IRA money second. So conventional wisdom says, if you have non-IRA money, like a brokerage account, kind of use those first, then use the traditional IRA accounts, then use the Roth accounts. And that is directionally correct. What's missing though, is that each tax year, you got January 1 to December 31. If you have a low tax year, it's not like you get this coupon from the government and says, (laughs) hey, you can use this anytime you want in the next two or three years right? Once December 31st hits and you didn't pay taxes at that low rate, because you didn't do a taxable event, you didn't do the Roth conversion, you didn't sell that long-term capital gain, whatever it is, that's lost forever. So if you just do things kind of one, two, three, oftentimes it's low taxes, high taxes, low taxes, Mm -hmm. uh, which means two out of the three situations, you've got this low tax situation. Why not make use of those low tax situations by, yes, maybe you use up the non-IRA, use up that brokerage account first, but you've got a low tax year. While you're doing that, take the opportunity, take the time to take that traditional money and move it on over to the Roth and use that as Roth conversion. And then on the back end, if you're looking at and saying, oh, I've only got this Roth IRA money, that's kind of the golden area. I want to get to where I have only Roth IRA oh. money because that's a 0% tax rate. That's great. But right now in 2023, if you're over 65, if there's two of you, roughly 30 grand of income shows up to you as a 0% tax rate. That could be a lot of income. And if you can project out and see, hey, down the road, I'm going to have this room where 30,000 of my income can show up tax-free because that's what the standard deductions are when you're above 65 right now. And then if you show up there, it gets netted out. You're at a 0% uh, tax rate. Why would you Uh, not hold on to some Mm -hmm. of your traditional IRA money so that you can pull it out later on in that 0% tax area. Uh, And you're definitely at that point, you're in the 0% capital gains area. So why wouldn't you hold on to some of your non-IRA brokerage account so that you can sell some of those investments later on in the 0% tax area? So the idea of conventional wisdom is directionally correct. It's better than just kind of being willy-nilly about it, right? But make use of these opportunities while you are taking money from your non-IRA brokerage account first. Take a look at your traditional IRAs and convert over the right amount. And the answer to the question of what is the right amount is project things out. And the right amount is if you can pay taxes at a lower rate today compared to a higher rate that's projected into the future, you would want to go ahead and do that.
2: But Jeremy, tax rates change, tax laws change. How do you know what's coming?
0: That's exactly it. Tax rates change, tax laws change for sure. You don't necessarily need to uh, bet the farm, I guess. Uh,
1: <laughs> okay. This is
0: exactly how it's going to work. So we we run our software program. All, we'll run tens of thousands of projections and then it'll pop out like, here's the top 100 projections. And there's sometimes where it looks at it and I say, well, the best thing to do is pay a crazy high amount of taxes today uh, so that it's a, a better deal for you down the road. And I'll look at the second best option and the second best option says, well, maybe pay a medium amount of taxes today. All right. Well, high taxes today, I- is that worth it or not? The computer thinks so. It made it number one, but then we look further down the line and it says, well, you pay the really high taxes today over your lifetime, you'll come out ahead by $10. Okay. Now we've got to exercise some judgment here Yeah, because the computer might say, yep, you're going to come out ahead uh, because it's based on your inputs. And the only inputs you can give are, here's today's tax laws, here's exactly what you think investments are going to do, here's exactly what you uh, think is going to happen for your longevity, and things might might change. So the computer being heartless to say, go for broke, do exactly this situation because you'll get one penny more. Well, you've got to have some good judgment and understand that all of this is based on inputs. And assumptions, and maybe you need to temper that with a little bit of a judgment. And oftentimes, when we'll we look and say, "Well, you know, step one said do this," but you only come out ten dollars ahead right. over your entire thirty-two year retirement lifetime, and step two is a little bit easier. Let's maybe go with step two and kind of you know hedge your bets a little bit. You're you're right on as you're looking through all this. Your five financial areas to focus on, uh, it all goes together. When you retire, when to take Social Security and pension, how much to take out when to pay taxes, which accounts to take money from. Each of these really go together. It's like putting together a piece of a puzzle and it's important. And you can't just make an assumption and say, well, this is the right way for everybody. That's why we're going to have, we'll have these five steps on our website at retirement-revealed.com. Once you're there, if you'd like more ideas on how to make your retirement, go ahead, uh, subscribe to our podcast. Go ahead right now subscribe uh, to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel, click that subscribe button. Uh, you'll see a lot of great things on there. And Patrice, I want to thank you for coming on today. You helped us uh, out a bit, just going through, how do we make these five steps work? How do we plan for retirement in your sixties?
2: Well, Jeremy, I thank you for the opportunity. And I took notes, man. I took notes.
0: And perfect is, uh, all right. We We're helping one person out. Let's, let's keep it rolling. uh, uh go for it. Absolutely. Patrick. All right. Thanks, Patrice, for helping us out. And thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed Podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, you will feel better about your money and you will make better money decisions.
1: This was another great episode of the Retirement Revealed Podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to automatically get our latest episodes. If you liked our show and want even more, please give us a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would love to hear from you. Please go to retirement-revealed.com to learn more and send us your questions and feedback. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners, Thrivent, or its affiliates. The guests are not affiliated with or endorsed by Thrivent Advisor Network. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal accounting or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have with your investment planning.